Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Joined by Jihei Wiley, Brandon Deutsch. Jihei, how are you doing, my friend? I mean, I'm great. There's uh, Viva La uh, Victor. Viva La Wembanyama. Victor Wembanyama, that's right. There we go. <laughs> so I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to it, even if he's not. I mean, the kid's a star. Even if he's not going to play, um, you know, he's still a star, obviously. Looking forward to the draft. Can't wait for that. Yeah. I'm looking forward to anything that's like basketball and football related right now. So um, this is the dead time, which I know everybody who loves baseball is like super jazzed. I'm not anti that. It just, God, I wish there was other sports. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. By the way, yeah. it's sort of a dead period for two months here. You know, no yeah. NFL, no NBA, no NHL, no college. I mean, a draft is a godsend right now. Brandon, you've been tracking the draft for a while. Are you pumped about the uh, the uh, draft? Oh, absolutely. Uh, in fact, it's probably my favorite day for basketball the whole year. Uh, unless the Lakers won a championship. <laughs> I, I like it more than the playoffs, seeing where these prospects go, evaluating them, following them, and then seeing, obviously, uh, you know, how they play in their rookie season. And These guys are young. I feel like a lot of times we're so early to write guys off um, nowadays. Like, Ben Simmons is still 26. I know he was a four-time All-Star and, you know, forgot how to shoot, but he could still turn his career around and everyone's like, always oh, finished. You should go to China. It's just always so hilarious watching these guys develop um, and then, you know, seeing, seeing the backlash that some of them get. But uh, excited. I think there's going to be a couple of trades made. Maybe not, though. Maybe Portland Keep has four point guards on their roster on Thursday night. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, listen, we talked about this yesterday. Draymond Green, he opted out He, he opted out of his contract with the Golden State Warriors. Again, I mean, if you talk to anyone around the league or anyone who covers the Warriors, that was expected. I mean, this was not a shock. But, again, when you're, as we just talked about, you don't have a lot of stories to talk about. You will um, kind of latch on to that. And LeBron and Draymond Green – being as gracious as they are, they gave us more to talk about because Brandon, they're in France right now, I believe. There was a photo of them together vacationing and enjoying enjoying, enjoying some really good wine. Here's the thing. They vacation and hang out together all the time. I mean, this is like, so not that anything means anything, but, uh, you know, listen, one day Draymond, he opts out of his contract. The next he's, uh, you know, taking a picture with, uh, LeBron and family in France. Um, we talked about this again. The majority of people do not think Draymond will come to the Lakers because it's going to take too much for that to happen again. I think the Lakers want to keep their core group together. If they can bring on a piece, 
uh, without giving up that uh, core group, they will. But listen, when you get a picture of Draymond and LeBron, did that mean something, Brandon? Did you see this picture? Yeah, I did. And, uh, you know, obviously they're really good friends. We talked about this on the show yesterday. I don't think, I mean, sure, LeBron would love for Draymond to come play with them. <laughs> LeBron would also love Kyrie to come play with them. Little does he know both of those guys are, you know, close to $30 million per year earners, right? So, uh, or maybe he does know and wants the Lakers to give up Reeves and Rui anyways. But the Lakers have to be smart here. They have to be diligent. LeBron is going to be 39 years old. This is really their last year competing with him. Uh, I, I doubt they're going to be able to compete with him at 40, even if he returns after next season. Um, so you can't just like get rid of the whole team for one stretch run where guys could get hurt. And, you know, when you have guys that are young who can actually play basketball, something the Lakers haven't had in years in a rush, you know, at the end of the Kobe years, finally they got some young guys, but you know, now it's like, okay, you got Reeves, you got Rui, you got the 17th overall pick, which I expect him to keep, by the way. And then there's reports that their, you know, plan A is Chris Paul. Uh, and, you know, that's fine as a vet minimum and re-signing your guys. Uh, then you don't have to pay D'Angelo Russell all that money. And perhaps Draymond Green fits into that scenario because then you're saving $20 million a year off Russell, even though you have his bird rights. But they don't have Draymond's bird rights, so they would be heavily into the luxury tax if they were to give him a substantial offer after re-signing Reeves and Rui, which we both think, you know, Reeves is going to get close to 100 mil. Rui is going to get, what, 15 to 18 million a year at most? Like, I think teams are going to try and screw the Lakers. That's what they want to do. It's a strategy. They're going to try and give Reeves 100 million, give Rui a ton of money, and then we'll see, you know, the Lakers are going to be forced to match. Um, That's, you know, that's the only issue with this situation for them. But it's a possibility if Draymond comes. I just don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Gee, what, what, what do you think about Draymond? Again, I mean, he's a champion. He's a, a you know could be a key player for the Lakers, but I mean, he's he's got this personality that's such where I think you're playing with fire. What do you think, Gee? Uh, Draymond potentially joining LeBron? I think that if Draymond wanted to join LeBron, he would have already joined him by now. I don't think that it, like Draymond's a. I don't, I, and I mean this actually in the nicest way possible. He's a very pig-headed individual. So I, I know that doesn't come off nice, but I just mean that he's like very like fortuitously like I'm gonna do what I got, I what I gotta do. I'm gonna say what I gotta say, and um kind of mentality. So I think that if he really truly wanted to be there already, he would be there already. So I don't. I, you're going to have to move so many things around. You're going to have to shuffle so many things around, like Brandon said, and you're going to have to, you know, drop so many, so, so much and give up a little, a little bit more for him. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, Just being real, just being realistic here. And again, if you really wanted to be there, he'd be there already. I think. Oh Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I don't think it's going to happen, but the problem is like, for example, like if Kyrie wanted to join LeBron, he would be there. But the fact of the matter is, no matter what guys say, at the end of the day, they don't want to give up making whatever, 20, 30, 40 million dollars. So, yes, yeah. listen, like anyone could like opt out of their deal, sign for the vet minimum or whatever. I, I don't necessarily think Draymond will, will do that. Again, the folks who cover the Warriors expected this move. They expected him to opt out and sign a longer term deal with the Warriors. The thing is, the cap being what it is, they cannot keep this core group together forever. 
Uh, I think if they were to look back, Brandon, at that Jordan Poole contract, they probably would uh, would not. When you look at what he did <laughs> in the postseason, so something has to give at some point. Whether that give is Clay, probably Draymond. To be honest, at some point, I think Steph is one of those guys who, like, no matter what, you have to keep him a Warrior for life for as long as possible. But Clay may go somewhere else. Draymond, if they can do some kind of a deal to get, get out from that Jordan Poole contract, they probably will. Uh, Brandon, as you look at their cap situation over the next, you know, at least for the next season and the next couple of years, what are the, the dominoes that have to fall here? I mean, do you do you think they're trying? They would like to try to package Jordan Poole with uh, some picks or someone else to move on from him. Do they move on from Clay? Do they move on from Draymond? Well, I think they're they're pretty much hard cap. They can't really move on from anybody. They do have bird rights to Draymond. They're already going to get penalized for being well over the luxury tax with that new CBA rule. So they might as well get you know go all the way in and retain Draymond and give him his money. And you know, obviously, you won't turn as much of a profit. But if Joe Lakeup is fine with that, and that's what Steph Curry wants, he's going to be back on the Warriors. He's going to get his money. So I mean, the Clay Thompson contract is going to turn into a terrible contract. He's going to make close to like forty six, forty seven, forty eight million dollars over the next few years. Steph Curry's obviously worth his money. Jordan Poole, the thirty million dollar a year contract. Of course, they're going to try and move him, but no one's going to want him. Perhaps an eight and Poole swap, but what would that do for the Suns now with Bradley Beal? They're not going to be interested in that anymore. Um, so I think the Warriors are kind of in, are kind of screwed, if that makes sense, because. Uh, you know, for, for a lack of a better term, because Andrew Wiggins is good. I mean, you signed him. It's going to be about the depth pieces, but they're not going to have money for anything but vet minimum contracts in their taxpayer MLE, which is going to be diminished now because of the new CBA rules, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't see the Warriors getting back, but you also take the risk of not even making the playoffs if you don't have Draymond because he's the engine that runs the whole team, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I know we we're going to continue to go on until the draft actually gets here on Thursday um, and keep talking about this. But I wanted to um, kind of jump over and jump ahead to baseball um, and the atrocious Dodgers bullpen issues. Are though, it's, it's just so bad. Like, yeah. I'm just not going to lie. Historically bad. bad. Historically, Historically bad. bad. And I don't want to 100% blame the bullpen because, you know, the, there's clutch moments where Dodger, the Dodgers have just not been there. Is this a huge? Is the bullpen more of an issue for um, for you guys, for you and uh, for Arash and Brandon, um, or is it more of a not clutch situation of not being able to hit? You know what? Let me just go real quick because Brandon has a lot to add. And again, we have the big freeway series going on uh, tonight and tomorrow. The bullpen has been a problem for this team for a while, but generally, it's about the closer, right? Now it's just the whole thing is a dumpster fire. Like you, you could yeah. really just look at that bullpen and say the entire thing, not just the closer, not just one guy. The whole thing is a dumpster fire. And I'm really bummed about this because I thought this could be a season where they surprised a lot of people and they still might. But it has been really frustrating to watch this team play. I feel so bad if you bought tickets and you were out there over the weekend for a 15 to zero shutout mm-hmm. loss, worst shutout loss in franchise history. Brandon, man, I, I don't know how they turn things around, but very excited, by the way, for the freeway series tonight and tomorrow. Yeah, uh, 
This is going to be a weird game. Obviously, the Dodgers are going to be favored tonight with Kershaw on the mound versus Detmers. But don't be shocked if the Angels win. Um, you know, because of that bullpen, it could be six nothing Dodgers going into the seventh inning. The Angels could come back and win. Like we just never know with this Dodgers team. Phillips is the only uh, reliever they have that's any good. Everybody else is terrible. So unless Kershaw can go seven innings, which you know he's done in the past. The Dodgers are going to have a tough time winning. Or if any starter can't go seven innings, they're going to have a tough time winning because that rookie went six innings of no hit ball. And they were up four to nothing. They still blew the lead and lost. So this is one of those things at some point they can't wait to the deadline. They got to make a few moves for some arms like soon. Or they bring up young guys. They have a couple of good arms in the minors they could bring up. You know, that's what the Angels did with Sam Bachman, Ben Joyce. Um, but uh, again, the Angels, look, it remains to be seen if the Angels can beat the Dodgers. They've never been able to beat them head to head. So I, who knows? I, I still think the Dodgers can turn it around. Most teams do against the Angels as good as the Angels have been playing. But we'll see. They still need to fix the bullpen. It's definitely the biggest issue, Jihei. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I just, I still think like clutch hitting it definitely is, and it's a brand new issue, right? It's not an a historic issue. Um, I definitely I, the bullpen I, I though. But like, remember yeah. like the World Series against Houston, and, and yeah. it, it was more of like a Kenley Jansen thing. And I, I hate to like even say that in hindsight because he was such a great player. Um, but again, the bullpen closer that's been a problem. But now that 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 becomes a bigger problem when um, you know you lose uh, you, uh, Justin Turner, Trey Turner, Cody Bellinger. You you lose all these guys. And you don't really do a ton. Again, the thought process would be they basically kick the can down the road for next season. And we know Shohei Otani's available next season. That's, that's their target. We'll see if he goes. But, um, it's been a, a tough season to watch. And even more so when again, the bullpen's not just having struggles or not just like inconsistent. They've been historically bad. And, and yeah. so when you look at the franchise history and say, this is the worst bullpen since they moved to Los Angeles back in 1958. I mean, that's a long time. Um, so it's been tough to watch. Um, I, I, listen, they are a front office that could make changes if they want to. You know, like like when we talked about this last season or like with Rob Palenka, for example, at what point is Rob going to say, listen, I, I believe in this core group. I'm going to make the moves. Now, he waited until the trade deadline to make all the moves he made. The moves he made got that team to the Western Conference Finals. I still think that the Dodgers could make moves at some point that get them into the, the division series, the championship series. But, but I, I don't know how long you wait. Do you, do you, do you, do you make those moves now? Well, I also think like Friedman, Andrew Friedman, the GM, president of baseball operations for the Dodgers, he likes to, you know, like a lot of times handle things within. And yeah. uh, in recent years, he used to go after the big name at the deadline. But last year we saw we were kept waiting. Is he going to get Juan Soto? Is he going to get any of these guys? And they got a few relievers uh, and they ended up winning, you know, 100 whatever games they lost in the first, you know, the uh, NLDS. But Hopefully, I, I, look, I don't know if they're going to be as as uh, adamant about improving Arash because I think reality, they know, we know, fans know that they really don't have a chance to win the World Series this year. I mean, yeah. as, as much as the, they are brand name, they have a great top of the lineup, they have some good starting pitching. I think they're preparing for next year and everything's trying to. So we might we might see them internally figure it out. Obviously, they're going to get an arm or two. 
for relievers at the deadline. That's obvious. I think anybody, anybody would do that and they'll try and compete and they will be competitive and they might even make the playoffs. But I think we'd all be lying to ourselves if we think the Dodgers are going to win the world series this year, you know? So I think they are preparing for next year and that's when they're going to make some big moves. And by the way, gee, how crazy would it be again? Like every year we go into the season thinking that they're going to win the world series, or at least according to Vegas, their favorite <laughs> to win the world series. How crazy would it be in the season that no one thought that they, that they would do that they would do anything that's the year that they win the world series i'm not saying that that's gonna happen but <laughs> that would be, but, uh, that'd be very dodger right be very dodger by the way you go very back to you know kirk gibson oral hersheiser 1988 no one thought a ton of that team like even in the yeah. postseason no one thought that they could do much and they go on to win the world series um all right brandon for uh before we go to the break i, I want you to put your uh, gm hat on if you were the new GM yeah. of the clippers one of the rumors out there would you trade Paul George for the number three overall pick? And I'll just put this out there. Like, if I, I think you like Scoot Henderson, let's just say he would be there at number three. Would you, as the new GM of the Clippers, would you? Absolutely. Make- okay. Absolutely. I mean, you need to take on Joseph Nurkic uh, to make yeah. the contracts work. You know, you'd have to take on a couple of names, which is fine. I mean, they need big help anyways. But I think the Clippers at some point, I know they look, they want to be adamant about having these two big names going into the stadium, but Scoot Henderson's going to turn into a superstar within a couple of years, probably. So then you do have two names in Kawhi Leonard, who's getting older and Scoot Henderson, you know, who's a young star and you bridge that gap where you can contend for the future around Scoot and you can still contend now with Kawhi because the fact of the matter is neither of those guys are healthy ever. Kawhi really can't trade because he's really never healthy. And George, you know, is not the same player. We saw that this year that he was in Oklahoma City or that year in 2021 where he led the Clippers to the Western Conference Finals. He's just not the same player anymore. And I hate to say it, it's good. But if Portland's willing to do that, you do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, I think that that you com- you're competitive now. You have, uh, you know, as much as Grant knocks him, a good coach when he's given less in Ty Lue, he really does a lot more with less uh, when guys are hurt. Um, they'll be competitive. I, I mean, they could still win a championship even with a rookie. I mean, it sounds crazy, but like they don't need Paul George to win a championship. They don't <laughs> or compete. The thing to your point, you know, you're moving into this new arena, $2 billion into a dome. It's not just about having a good first season. Again, Kawhi and Paul George, um, you know, they, they, I, I forgot their contract situation, whether they got one or two years left, but if you, if you bring Scoot, that's your future, right? That's your future star. So, I mean, I think at some point when you look at what's happened with this team and I'll bring Jihei into this because Jihei very publicly announced that she is done with this core group, you know, this Kawhi, Paul George team that has not won a championship, not gone to the finals. The one year that they did get to the conference finals, Kawhi, was out. GA, would you, uh, you know, again, we've seen this team. They've not been healthy in the postseason. They've not done what you hoped that they would do. Is it time for a change? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Blow it up. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm still on this train. I'm still totally on this train, and I can wait. If they blow it up, I can wait. I will wait three years because that's normally how long it takes for. Some of these guys to adjust to the NBA. If they, if Scoot Henderson is what we think he is, and he can adjust quicker because he does have some, you know, just like Victor Wembanyama and just just like Scoot, he has some professional um, experience. Absolutely, blow it up. I'm totally fine with this. I just don't think that there. Who's going to say yes to Paul George? 
You know what I mean? Especially given yeah. the track record of I him mean, being hurt. So I still think he has value because of his two-way versatility. One thing I'll add to is, Jihei, even if Scoot's not available at three and it's Brandon Miller, you're basically getting a young Paul George. Like a 20-year-old yeah, no, no, no. Paul George. And we've seen how great Brandon Miller can be. Right, we've seen how great he can be in the tournament. We get—he's a great player. I'm not—I'm not knocking that whatsoever. I think he's going to be a great pro. He just has that uh, around him. I think just maybe scoots a little bit more um, of what the Clippers might need. I think as far as like leadership and 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 leading that floor. So I, I think that he's just more of a need. But I mean, either way, if you get either one of those players and you can get that third round pick, do it. I again, blow it up, Clippers. Do, do what you got to do. I do not care. I will wait three more years if you can <laughs> at least make it to the NBA Finals or to the Western and win the Western Conference Finals. I have very low expectations right now just because of all the injuries and all the heartache that I've already been through. It's like, I, I wonder if this is even worse if you're a Clipper fan from like the jump because I have been. I've been a Clipper fan for a very long time and I don't know what's worse. Losing every single game or most of the games or getting all the way almost to the finish line and then not getting anything. In yeah. So I don't know what's his worst. That's a great point because, listen, I mean, if you have no expectations, like, you know, whatever. Like, we lose, who cares? But when you have one of the best teams on paper and your top two guys are hurt in the postseason, that definitely hurts. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend David Bloom. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 716. Why? Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, we just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii. Call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline and join our good friend David Bloom. David, how are you? Doing, doing pretty good. Doing all right. How y'all doing? Good. David, before we get into the freeway series tonight and tomorrow, we we, we talked about the Clippers before we, we went to break. And not saying that they're actually involved in these trade conversations. But, uh, you know, G. Hayes has the mindset that she's done with this group. She's putting way too much with this, you know, Kawhi and Paul George, load load management. She, she's, she's had her heart broken far too many times, David. Again, they were healthy 2020 in the bubble, blew that 3-1 series lead. Next year, Kawhi goes down, losing the Western Conference Finals. 2022, Kawhi is out. Paul George uh, gets... COVID out of nowhere in a play-in game, they're out. 
And then obviously this year, uh, Paul George is out. Kawhi goes out uh, following game two when it looks like playoff Kawhi was back. So she's done with this. Um, you know, hypothetically speaking, I make you the the GM of the Clippers. Do you try to get a top pick in this draft and say, hey, listen, let's let's move on from this core group of Kawhi and Paul George. And again, I don't know who's going to take what contract or what, but... David, are you done with this group, or do you still have the faith in them? Man, that's tough. Because <laughs> it's, it's so hard to be done with this group when, when they're playing, they're playing great. Like, when they're on the floor, for the most part, right, we've seen some ups and downs, they can play great, and they can get hot, and they can be one of the most dangerous teams in the league, especially when you surround them with the right players, you know, even the Westbrook addition seemed like it was going to be problematic, but it actually turned out to be quite helpful. The problem is whether you move on from PG or, or, or you move on from Kawhi, it's, you're not going to have enough to really make a push, especially in the West where, you know, if you're not a Suns fan and you're enjoying your father's day, you stopped when Bradley Beal was a son, <laughs> but if you really want to make a push in the West, which as great as the Nuggets were this year is theoretically still open, it's about retaining the team, but adding on, right? And, and that's a lot. That's easier said than done. But there are a lot of stars right now who are looking to move and, and, and have a change of scenery. And if you can potentially maybe even cut the depth a little bit, I know that the whole thing about the Clippers for the past 10 years has been, but the bench, but the depth. It hasn't gotten you anywhere because when the starters go down and you play that next man up mentality, it's not good enough to beat uh, a Suns or a Nuggets or a, or a whomever. But you maybe cut that depth a little bit for a third 20 plus point, 25 plus point guy, right? I'm not exactly saying who because that's such a, you know, on paper, easier said than done thing. It can pick up the slack when guys have to go down inevitably in the middle of the season. And it can pick up the slack when guys, you know, have to load manage or, God forbid, in the playoffs, which seems to happen every year. Is it adding Chris Paul again? Maybe. Mm -hmm. That seems like a novelty a little bit more just because he's older. He knows the game. He was here. But is it? going out and getting a DeRozan, a Levine, trying to see what the Dame market looks like. Is it, is it Bam? Is it this? There's so many names that I think I could rattle off, but do that. That's what I would say I would do, and I'd cut the depth a little bit, and I'd just go all in because it seems that with this team, we're entering year five of this core. If not now, when? It's not going to rebuild itself. It's going to take another rebuild once these guys are done. So, capitalize off of this and right now they're not yeah and david i wanted to switch gears here to the freeway series because i wanted to ask you about uh the angels dodgers tonight a lot of money is being put on the dodgers because kershaw is obviously pitching against detmers even though detmers has looked good the past couple starts dodgers are cold angels are hot uh, some of you guys will be listening to this while the game's going on. I think it has a 7.05 start time tonight, perhaps 7.15. But um, what do you expect to happen in the series? Because, you know, you know as good as me in the past, we've lost a lot to the Dodgers in the freeway series. We have. You're right. But there also used to be this this stigma that we that we'd beat the Dodgers a lot, too. 
we had this little bit of time where we'd beat them and then the law of averages would kind of play out. I mean, you know, you brought up a good point with, with Kershaw and, and Reed on the hill. Reed Detmers, I know being a lefty, the curveball that he has reminds me a lot of Kershaw's. We've seen Kershaw for the last, you know, 10 plus years. And with Reed being young coming into the league, I'm excited to see this matchup. Obviously, tomorrow we're going to have Shohei on the hill again. And not sure if the Dodgers starter has been announced. I, I haven't seen it yet. But, I mean, it's a, it's a hot team versus a cold team. If you're looking at it from the Angel side, you're saying, oh, well, if they're really cold and they've just got swept by the Giants, well, they're going to put 15 on us. But if you're looking at it objectively, there is no better time for the Angels to at least at least split against this Dodgers team than right now. And the Dodgers, their record is so similar to the Angels, and they're cold, and the Angels are hot, right? The Angels are streaking, and, and their record is just slightly better than an ice-cold Dodgers team who has guys that you know, can, can break the averages. The Dodgers are never not going to be dangerous. And with a team like the Angels, you split and you're happy. I honestly think I know the streak and I know you had the, the, the confident series in Texas and you didn't even think you were going to get two out of there, but you get three. You split, you feel good. I think they can. I think it's more likely they win tomorrow than today because Kershaw sometimes he can get lit up. Sometimes he can be very dangerous. And one thing this Angels team is known for is when a pitcher is good against them, he's great. So I would be happy with a split. I'd say that as an Angels fan. Yeah, yeah. And also, by the way, tomorrow they better win. Uh, Shohei Otani versus some yeah. stumble bum. I mean, no offense. I mean, we don't know who's going to pitch for the Dodgers and they aren't going to be that good. It's not going to be one of their good pitchers. No offense. So... Uh, they better win, and Otani has struggled on the mound recently. But you know, he he, he found mustered through six innings somehow after a thirty pitch first last time against Texas. So hopefully that that golden you know vintage Otani that we saw last year on the mound returns against the Dodgers lineup that's been really struggling recently, especially with strikeout rates. Tonight I expect Detmers to strike out a lot of guys. You know, but remember the third time through the order. Devers is always good one it's, through one through four, one through five innings. But the sixth inning is he's only gotten through once last time. It was a bases loaded, right? So unless yeah. the Angels can get three or four runs off Kershaw, it's going to be tough because they're going to be down what four zero going into the seventh or eighth with the Dodgers pen, which they could still win. They could still win, but I mean, I, I don't I, like Trout is in a slump. Hopefully, he breaks out after yesterday or two days ago, rather. And then Otani, I mean, it's lefty on lefty. I know he's the best hitter in the world, but he doesn't have great splits against Kershaw either. And the rest of the lineup, it's up in the air because of injuries, right? Yeah, it's what are we going to see? Are we going to see, you know, where's Drury going to play? And where's Renhifo going to play? Is Velasquez going to have to get another start? The, the one thing I want to note as well with this series is you have a team that historically for the last maybe five, six years, their pen has been excellent. And you have a team that historically for the last five, six years, there's, their pen has been all over the place and atrocious. And it seems right now in this moment, obviously, you know, these words could come back to bite me in the next, you know, four months. It's flipped. The Angels pen, who barring a, a, a one, one meltdown, has been excellent. And they've, they've reworked the pen. They've found new guys. They've called up guys. And the Dodgers, who historically have had a really strong pen, have guys that are, are, are blowing leads and giving up 15 plus runs and 
you know, losing three straight to the Giants. So if there's any hope for the Angels this series, it's get the starter out quickly, especially if it's Kershaw. Make him work. Make him use extra pitches. Draw walks. Draw long at-bats. Get to that pen. And unless it's Evan Phillips, I mean, you have a pretty good shot. You know, Vessia and, and, and guys like that. I take my chances, honestly. Yeah. Listen, I, yeah. I, I, I'm very curious because we've been in this, this situation before. Right, guys? Brandon, when you, uh, you know, first joined the show last year, the Angels were one of the best teams in the American League. And I know, like, it was pretty, like, early in the season. For the two of you, David, I'll start with you. What you're seeing this year, is this sustainable? Is this not just a flash in the pan? Is this sort of, like, are you seeing – um, things that they're doing that they can continue to do, build on, and then finally, in, in this very crucial season, as you both know, can they finally get to the postseason? You know, I'll say, I'll say this. I'll say this. When I was in, in middle school, right, in 2014, I had such high hopes for the first place in the AL Angels who got immediately swept by the Kansas City Royals. And I've really never gotten over that this season is the best that i have felt about this team since game one of the 2014 alds seriously there's there has not been a team yet on paper even though you know with with the hamilton signing and the pools deal and uh and the tory you know tory's old but but you you know the rendon signing and the this and the that this is the best this team's ever been and this is the first time that we can go close to july and i'm not and i'm not done watching like i'm still actively into the games and hoping we win because this is this team's actually sustainable and you always say that with caution with the angels because they've let you down so many times but this could be a little sneaky wild card team if texas if that's not sustainable the way houston's playing you never want to think too big, but as long as they don't have a 14-game losing streak like they did last year, which clearly last year was not going to work. Look at the look at the rosters compared to this year. I think the additions are helping the Renfro, the Drury. You know, the only addition that I'm really frustrated with right now is the Tyler Anderson. I love the the ability to rework the pen and and send guys down when it's not working and have that short leash in the bullpen and find guys like Davinsky and Soriano and and Estevez whose numbers were so bad in Colorado where we're going to go back to it it could be sustainable but I always say that with caution because every Angels fan knows that every time we do well it seems to evaporate yeah. I know GA has something, but really quick, I wanted to answer this as well. I, I agree, David. I think this team is different. This is by far, before the season, I said this, this is the best roster they've had since the 2014. And by the way, I was there at the Royals game. Those Royals fans were so mean to me. I was, I was like 14. <laughs> so uh, was I, I. Think I'm, I, I think game I'm like one. a year old or a year older than you. I was at game one as well. Uh, Matt Shoemaker was pitching, I believe. Was that game one or game two? Oh, I forget. I know both. I don't know. I mean, Matt, Matt, both of them went to extras, and and Michael yeah, Scott just ripped my heart out. Oh, I hate that guy. Yeah, he's. He, I mean, I, he was a great guy, but I hated him for uh, you fantastic, know what he did. Fantastic for the guy, but, what he does uh, for the game of baseball. But 
<laughs> yeah, but not, um, not to the Angels. <laughs> well, but what I what I wanted to say too is Jaime Berea kind of reminds me of Matt Shoemaker that year. I mean, this is a guy you can really uh, Swiss Army knife. They really haven't had in the path that you can just go and he gets out. Doesn't throw the hardest. Doesn't have the best stuff, but he throws strikes. He gets outs. And their bullpen is uh, look at the best teams in the league: uh, Baltimore elite bullpen, Angels elite bullpen. Uh, everybody except the Rangers, right? Uh, have an elite bullpen. That's why I think the Rangers are going to fold, and it's going to be about. Can the Angels go into Houston again, or even, you know, can they beat Houston? Right? Can they win a series against Houston? If they they have a few more series against Houston, if they can win one or two of those, they will win the division. I seriously believe that. Like, and I don't want to jinx anything, but I feel like when you look on paper, and I've been talking to a lot of baseball fans that are non-biased and watch the Angels, they say the way Otani's playing, the way Trout's going to break out of his slump. Your starting pitching's enough. Your bullpen's elite. Drury's an all-star. I mean, yes, you're going to win. Yes, you're he gonna, is. You're going to win the division. That's what everyone says. And I, I'm hoping they can because if they win the division, Otani could stay. And I think they really, it, it, they need that. They need that. Well, I hope for you guys to stay. Otani does stay. Um, I, I, I'm praying that he comes over to the, the right side and comes to the Dodgers. You guys get everybody and you want more. <laughs> give us all of, give us one, all of one, the one, one Mickey Mouse ring to show for it since 88. Oh, GA, come on. Don't I'm sorry, I'm sorry. How many rings do you guys have? Real, we have more than, more than one since uh, 1988. We're the, we reason Barry Bonds like we're, the, we're the reason Barry Bonds doesn't have a ring. We're the reason Barry Bonds doesn't have a ring. I'll say that. So then, uh, so then, quick question for you, Brandon. What about um? The, then what? What about your Lakers too? Then you got to take away that. Oh Laker wait, ring, wait, 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 They played. They played seventy-two games that season. That a was only ten. A bubble. Ten, a bubble. A bubble. A bubble. Say that. And you Okay. The MLB played 60 games out of 162. Again, according to you, that's a Mickey Mouse ring. So I'm just saying, I'm not I'm not agreeing with you. I, I think that a ring is a ring, regardless of a shortened season. Whoever won during the um uh during the strike years as well, that's a ring, honey. Yeah. You enjoy that ring. Uh, I'll give it 75% of a ring. You. I'll concede. <laughs> um, that being said, I wanted to say, David, congratulations on um, American Chinese Born. Um, I haven't oh, watched you. it yet. I'm not going to lie to you, but I'm really, really looking forward to watching it. It looks amazing. You're going to really like uh, it. I cannot wait. I wanted to ask you about the making of this film. Was it any different than, you know, your weird out role or um, oh, yeah. any other role that you played? Yeah. And, and tell us about that experience. Oh, yeah. I mean, being on this show where just doing Weird Al was, was like, I mean, Al, I came in for two days and we just kind of like sprinted through it. We did all the scenes and, you know, it was just like jam packed. And with this, it was spread out over two, three months. So, you know, filming five out of eight episodes, I really got to, to know these people and to, to hang with these people. We would have a lot of downtime on set. We'd, we'd hang out and then you know, a lot of the time with, with our characters and with us, you know, there was a lot of comedy. There's a lot of improv. So we'd have a ton of alts and, and, and the writers would come up to us and the showrunners and they just feed us different lines in our ear and we'd run with that. And I mean, by the end, we were all pretty close. So we just had a really fun time. And, and the whole cast and crew was really fun. And, and 
everybody working on it was fun. And some nights, I mean, we had this one week where four nights in a row, we were staying till two, three in the morning at least. And, you know, we'd be filming sometimes in the cold and sometimes we'd go inside and play basketball in our cleats and our slides, not in our cleats, because that would have ruined the, the, the gym of the <laughs> high school we were at. But, you know, it was honestly a, a really excellent experience. And then to see it on screen and to, like, see the work pay off and, you know, for what we're in, to see it really excel. Like, also, outside of me, the show looks unbelievable. I mean, I, you know, I'd see the stuff they were doing somewhat i mean it doesn't look like that when they're filming it but then when you go and you watch it and you see the the, the cgi and the work and the stunts and uh, yeah. the work they put into it it's incredible and, and the fight scenes and the and and the action sequences are, are really really well done so how to have my have my name on that and to, and to work with these all like all incredible lovely people all really personable and nice and and wonderful like I'm honestly overjoyed and I I mean everyone seems to really like it and I feel like that's a general consensus because it's just it's really strong yeah a lot of people I think I mentioned this before with you um on my podcast but like the Hollywood community like it can seem a little raunchy every every so often but nine times out of ten you're getting a great experience with actors that you know you guys are all on the same page and you're all um you know, it's it's relatively a positive, you know, moment that you guys all share, which there's, is which is awesome. There's a lot of there's a lot of backing each other up. I feel like we've all yeah. kind of been through it in this in this business. You know, it 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 can be a lot like you know the journalism world where you're kind of fighting for yourself in a way, but you know when you have allies and friends, it it can make it easier, and especially you know with like with strikes and impending strikes like we're all kind of having each other's back in this business and it it's it's nice to see the support from everybody and and you know supporting people you're connected with supporting people that that you're not and it's it when you find a community in this it can be hard but when you find a community it's 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 you know so helpful it's it's so it makes it so easy yeah um, by the way, um, how can we watch it? How can the folks out oh, there check out the, yeah. Well, if you have Disney plus it's okay. on there, um, for the last, whatever, I've just, you know, been able to find it on their little homepage. Cause <laughs> I think they're just as proud of it as I am. Um, but American born Chinese on Disney plus. I love uh, that. Go watch it. Sweet. Well, listen, we're all getting ready for the uh, draft. David, we'll have you back on next week to see how all the uh, teams did. We'll see how the Clippers do, mm-hmm. the Lakers do, who, who went in the uh, top uh, three there. But I think it'll be a fantastic uh, draft. Brandon will be uh, dissecting it in more detail tomorrow and as we get into the first round. But that's all the time we have for today. Until tomorrow, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.